0: how's everyone doing today good Good. I like technology but I also like uh, I also like nature so I was blessed to be able last week on our vacation go back down to Red River Gorge where some of us had gone last week and uh, or last year and uh, spent some time down there running through the trails and wearing ourselves out and anyway I had an opportunity to do that like you can't you can't ever do that without you know, thinking about God and His creation, and at one point, well, actually, we found out several different places, but there's one big arch structure that uh, is pretty impressive. You can actually go up on top of it and walk on top of it, then you can go down below and see it. And kind of the, I guess, the natural person uh, who believes in evolution would say, well, this was carved out by water eroding. The trouble with that natural arch is it's up at the highest point. Did you ever think about that last last year when we went? This arch, and supposedly water would have gone underneath it and washed out the bottom part, and they have smaller arches that are like that. But this biggest arch is up on the highest point, so it doesn't make sense that water actually ran through that. But we give all the glory to God for creating it, right? He created it. And uh, we can learn so much from uh, God's creation just by looking at it, observing how he created things, how he created the intricacies of our body, Uh, just too much detail to have happened by chance or even over millions of years or billions of years. It's just not long enough, folks. Even billions of years are not long enough uh, for creation to appear the way that it has appeared in the human body. But that's not really what this is about. Uh, this is about the word of God. If we can see God in creation, then we can sh- surely see him revealed in the written word of God, which was given for that specific purpose. So uh, we're gonna be able to spend time in, in God's word here today as we talk about our blessed hope. I've had so many different titles for this lesson, but they all, they all stem around the idea of hope and encouragement Uh, You see up behind me our blessed hope. I also entitled this in the midst of trials. We have great hope and uh, So that's what we're going to be talking about today as we continue on in the book of first Thessalonians I hope you have Enjoyed going through the book of first Thessalonians. We've we've covered quite a bit so far. We're coming to the close but there's some exciting things still about to happen one of them is going to be today and then The next time i preach will be especially exciting as well what we're studying about Uh, but we talked about thessalonians and how they were a model church how paul spent very little time with them and yet they persevered in the faith he commended them for their works of faith he commended them for their labor of love they had not uh, just stayed a local church but they had actually gone up further in macedonia and spread the gospel up in that area and so Paul says, because of your great faith, he called them, and these are my words: the real deal. They were the real, uh, real Christians. Their conversion was truly true. Uh, they had heard the gospel and they had truly believed, and they'd done this even during the midst of trials and and, and persecution. Uh, and they they'd done it, of course, with Paul's help. And, and yeah, we talked we talked about Thessalonians being the model church. Uh, And how they were they were Paul's crown and glory and he commanded them to love people enough to establish and exhort them so they had been doing a lot of things very well Uh, but they had some questions they had some concerns Uh, and today's uh, lesson today is just going to be about the fact that we have an amazing hope with which to encourage one another amen we're gonna be talking about that I know we haven't read the scripture yet but we have an amazing hope that we have to share with one another, to encourage one another, even in the midst of trials. So let's go ahead and read our scripture. And shortly after the scripture, I'll go through what I have on here and we can get rid of it and uh, go back to more conventional means. But let's go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, if you don't mind standing. And this is Paul writing to the Thessalonians, of course. And he says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to look at this scripture, and it's it's an exciting scripture. It's a it's a scripture of deliverance. It's a scripture of great hope. It's a deliverance of uh, Jesus saving us at the last possible minute uh, before tribulation, and we want to give you honor and glory, and we pray that today you will help us to understand a little bit more about what it means for you to come the second time and what it Means for you to rapture the church and so we pray that you would help us to um, tune out other things that might distract us and focus upon what we have to learn today that we might uh, be ready for your coming and we pray these things in Jesus name amen Amen. Amen. so as you're sitting back down we read this you may be thinking well what in the world is he talking about there's not a lot of context giving here about what he's talking about we, we kind of figure out that it's about the end times but we can't really tell exactly what it's from and that's because scripture that talks about the end times is kinda of placed throughout the Bible and so uh, it's sometimes difficult to know exactly what to believe about the end times uh, because scripture uh, in various places talks about it for instance there's scripture in the book of Daniel about prophecy. There's scripture in the book of Jeremiah. There's scripture in Zechariah, Matthew, book of Revelation. And so there's a lot of different things that we have to look at. And so that's why I put together a visual. So I put together a visual in the hopes that we could help us to understand the end times by taking all of these scriptures and kind of putting them into a timeline in fact you have that timeline on the back of your notes you have a place to take notes you have uh, a place on the back that shows a timeline and uh, so it's going to be a little bit more school-like it's going to be a little bit more like uh, teaching and instruction rather than preaching but i think it's really necessary for us to do this so that we have the context of what we're trying to figure out in these verses that we have read today so let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit. I'm going to define some words uh, so that you can understand what those mean. If you don't remember the words, that's okay as well. Really, it's the context that we're trying to get to. So this is our blessed hope. This is the second coming, the rapture of the church. It's uh, referred to as the blessed hope. And uh, there's some terms. Let's see if everything goes up here. All right? There's some terms that I want to try to make you familiar with (laughs) so that if you hear them again and I talk about them again then you will have an idea what we're talking about and I'm sure many of you have maybe studied about the second coming of Christ maybe you have studied about the rapture of the church maybe some of you have no idea what I'm talking about that's okay that's what this first part of this section is to kind of bring you up to date So we use terms like pre-tribulation and pre-millennialism. What do those mean? Well, you can see that, hopefully you can see that, but pre-tribulation, pre just means before, right? So if you preheat an oven, you turn it up so that you can get it up to 400 degrees before you actually put your food in the oven, right? It's something that happens before. Uh, Prevent prevent is the combination of two words pre which means before and event so a prevent is to prevent something that's naturally going to happen so the idea is before and so we use that with both of these terms so pre-tribulation is a term that refers to an event that happens prior to the tribulation the tribulation is a seven-year period of time uh, where there will be judgment poured out upon the earth and we'll get to that in a little bit later you also see the term here pre-millennialism well millennial many of you may know from school means thousand so pre means before the thousand year reign of Christ that's what the millennial millennialism is the thousand years of Christ this means that Christ comes back before the thousand, his thousand year reign that kind of makes sense right He comes back before his thousand-year reign on this earth. Okay, so now, with those definitions in mind, we can go to our uh, outline here. And we call this a pre-tribulation, pre-millennial view of the end times. I get excited when I hear about the end times, don't you? (laughs) I mean, I'm tired of this world. (laughs) I'm ready for the next world. I have a heart for people. I want all people to know and to hear the gospel, but I think there's a longing that all of us have to see Christ and to be ready to go on to that next world. And that's really what we're talking about here today. So what you see up on the screen now is just a timeline. There's no dates or anything on there, but there is a cross, right? You see the cross on there, that stands for the crucifixion of Jesus. Prior to the time of Jesus, All of God's focus was upon Israel, the nation of Israel. Almost all of the books that are written in the Old Testament focus on the nation of Israel, how they deal with other countries, the covenants that they made with the Lord God, uh, the promises that God made to them. And then Jesus came and he fulfilled everything that a good Israelite person would fulfill. He lived the law completely for us and then he died on the cross for our sins. And he instituted a new covenant, right, with his disciples. He instituted a new covenant with them. And that new covenant said that if you believe in me and trust in me, believe that my blood was shed for your sins, believe that my body was broken for you, then you will have eternal life and you will be with me forever. And so everything after the cross has to do with the church. And so we have... What, what is called the church age. We are living in the church age right now. Sometimes it's called the times of the Gentiles as opposed to the previous times of the Jews. We are now living in the time of the Gentiles. That's the time where Jesus has told us what? To go to all the other nations and to share the gospel with all the other nations. And so the focus is no longer just on Israel, but the focus is upon all the other nations who need to hear about Jesus Now we're not going to go strictly In order but the next thing I want To put up on here is that After the church age It's prophesied that there will be Seven years of tribulation Seven years of Tribulation and judgment This is a time of judgment Upon, uh, upon The people who are alive At that time uh, It's also a refocusing upon the nation of Israel and I'll tell you why that's true in just a little bit but this is a time folks that we've never seen anything like this I mean we may think things are bad now and in certain parts of the world things are really really bad but this is a time that will be not like no others it's called the seven years of tribulation the Old Testament is also called a time of Jacob's trouble Like I said, there will be a focus again upon Israel. Uh, But after that, there will be a millennial reign of Christ. And a millennium is a thousand years. You say, do you really believe Jesus has come back to live on this earth for a thousand years? Yes. That is what the Bible says, that he will come back. After the millennium, there's what we call the great white throne judgment, which is mentioned in the last few chapters of the book of Revelation. The great white throne judgment is a time where unbelievers are raised from their graves and will stand before the judgment bar of God. And those who do not pass the judgment, which is all of the unbelievers, because of what is written in the books, will be cast into the lake of fire. And believers will go into an eternal state where we will always be with the Lord. We will have our resurrected bodies. And we will forever be with the Lord. And so, some of you who are good students of prophecy know that I've left some important things out, right? <laughs> I've left some very important things out. So, I want to bring those to your attention now. And it has to do with the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. And so, we do believe, at least I do believe, in a resurrection of believers. A resurrection of believers which will take place pre-tribulation before this time of trouble that comes upon the earth this time of of, uh, this time of discipline of judgment being poured out on the earth a resurrection of believers and how that will work and I hope these are showing up on the screen you see the resurrection of the believers you see two arrows down at the bottom which represent who it represents those who have died in Christ and those who will still be alive when Jesus comes for his church which is called the rapture right that's what we're reading about today that's why we're going through this I want to point out that is what we are reading about today Jesus coming for his church to deliver them from the time of tribulation which will come and so the, the believers will ascend and Jesus will descend, they will meet in the air, and they will forever be with the Lord. And so that is the rapture of the church. And this is very much separate from the second coming of Christ. And some people will say, well, they're both the same thing. But no, they're separated by seven years of tribulation. And so also we have on this timeline, we have Christ's second coming, which comes not pre-tribulation, but post tribulation, right? You would use post. It comes after this time of tribulation. In fact, it will end the tribulation. And so Jesus comes, and you see, I hope that little illustration came up there and you caught that, because there will be no doubt when Jesus comes the second time. He will come with a tremendous force. He will come with us in tow behind him. And that is when he will put To rest all of the wars that are going on during that time and after he comes he will set up his millennial reign of Christ the thousand-year reign of Christ of peace on this earth so what we are talking about today and you see the red arrow there is this catching up of believers to be with Christ it's referred to in our section that we read here today it says in verse 17, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And so uh, hopefully you have that timeline. Hopefully you have a little bit better idea of, of what we where we're at in this scripture today. And hopefully it doesn't confuse you. But over the next couple weeks, if you have questions about that, uh, please let me know. Some people will question, well, what's the difference between the second coming and the rapture? Some people will say, well, they're both the same thing. They are not the same thing. There's two different separate events. Let me tell you some differences in the rapture and the second coming. First of all, the rapture comes suddenly, unexpectedly. It comes secretly. It comes. It's Jesus coming for his uh, disciples in a secret way to snatch them out of this earth and take them back to heaven if you'd like to look at some verses 1 Corinthians chapter 15 speaks about this it speaks about uh, coming in a twinkling of an eye being changed at the la- at the, in the twinkling of an eye whereas the second coming of Jesus which happens after the tribulation will be visible to all people I mean you probably heard that verse how is you know the, the disciples when Jesus left he he left and the two angels said uh, why are you standing watching him he's going to come back in just that same way in the same way when Jesus comes as the second coming it's going to be something that everyone will be able to see the rapture is the believers meeting Christ in the air the second coming are believers following the Lord to the earth so we will actually be raptured up into heaven even those who are dead whose bodies are dead and uh, we will be reunited with our spirits and while literally hell is going on on this earth for a seven year period we will be in heaven with jesus and we will experience two things we'll experience the judgment seat of christ and also the marriage supper of the lamb and so Uh, One thing I want to make very clear is someone might have a question, well, what happens when I die? What happens when I die? And I think that's a question that the Thessalonians had as well. What happens when I die? We've had people who have died, and Jesus has not come back yet. What, What has happened to them? That's a natural question to have, right? Well, for us and for the Thessalonians both, when we die... At the moment we die we are ushered into the presence of the Lord amen (laughs) we are ushered into the presence of of the Lord our body goes in the grave but our spirit goes to be with the Lord Uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain is what Paul said Uh, my desire is to to part and be with Christ for that is far better in the second Corinthians he said we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord so Take comfort that if your loved one or if you die and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you go immediately to be with the Lord. Remember the thief on the cross, what Jesus told him? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. There's no waiting. You will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your body will go to the grave. And it will need to be resurrected. And, and that's what will happen at the rapture of the church. When Jesus comes in the rapture of the church, I'm... I'm throwing out my outline, <laughs> but when he comes at the rapture of the church, he will descend from heaven, there will be a call right, it says that there will be a call, a cry of call and I, I, think, I think this is going to be just like very similar to what uh, Jesus said to Lazarus remember Lazarus was in the tomb and they said you can't open that tomb up, he's been dead four days now He's going to smell. What did Jesus say? He said, Lazarus, come out. Amen. And Lazarus, even though he was dead, obeyed that command. And when Jesus comes for his church, those who are already dead and in the grave, their, their spirits are, are in heaven. But when Jesus comes, he, I believe he will say, come out of those graves. And they will come out of the graves. They will descend along with those who are alive still have their bodies. They will be united with their spirits and they will forever be with the Lord. And that's good news, folks. That is good, food. That is good news, folks, for us today that we have this amazing hope with which to encourage one another. And the, to get back to a little bit about my outline, the Thessalonians, they were a great church, but they had a few things about the second coming and the rapture. Confused, They knew that they had people who had died And they had buried them And they're thinking, what about my friends? What about my relatives? What about them? They have died, Jesus has not come back yet What's going to happen to them? Have they missed the resurrection? Have they somehow missed the resurrection? And they're not going to be included in this? What about us? We're going through persecution and trials and tribulation." Did we miss this rapture? Are we now in the tribulation period and we have missed the rapture? And this is one thing that helps prove to me that yes, there is a rapture and a second coming because they knew, hey, if we're in the tribulation, we've missed the rapture. And Paul has to come back and tell them, no, you're not in the tribulation. You haven't seen tribulation yet like you will then. You have not missed the rapture. When Jesus comes, he will come uh, for all who have died and and believed and trusted in him. So, believe, you know, I know this is going all different places today, but uh, the rapture is also before the tribulation. The second coming, obviously, is after the tribulation. Uh, The rapture is a removal from earth as an act of deliverance. Let me say that again the rapture is a removal of the church from earth as an act of deliverance from the wrath that is to come and we see this in the same book first Thessalonians 5 9 you might want to turn there real quickly first Thessalonians 5 9 it says for God has not destined us for for wrath but to obtain salvation to our Lord Jesus Christ did you get that you know that's not talking about us being saved In the sense of trusting in Christ as our Savior this is talking about we are going to be saved from the coming wrath which is going to be during this tribulation period and so it's a good thing that we will be removed from the earth as an act of deliverance however the second coming removal of unbelievers will be an act of judgment they will be taken away from the earth and cast Uh, into a place of torment listen to this the rapture is imminent it can come at any time did you get that the rapture is imminent it can come at any time there is no prophetic event that must happen first it has always been this way it can come at any time and so that's why we're told to be prepared right we're told to be prepared the second coming there's a whole bunch of things which precede the second coming right we, we read in Matthew 24 and 25 we read about earthquakes that will come wars rumors of wars there's an antichrist who's going to be revealed and all those things will happen prior to the second coming of Christ So finally Paul gives them the encouraging news so I'm back on my outline one more time he gives them some encouraging news because they're confused they're worried about their loved ones who have already died they're worried about themselves thinking that they might possibly in the tribulation they've missed the resurrection the rapture but Paul gives them some encouraging news first of all He speaks of them, those who have died, and refers to them as asleep. Do you notice that? He says, uh, says, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Uh, Let's be sure that we know they were dead. (laughs) They were physically dead. Their bodies were in the grave. But they were asleep in the sense that their spirits were with the Lord and their bodies were resting waiting for the waiting for the resurrection of their bodies so this is good news for them uh, they're they are in heaven while their bodies are in the grave second point of hope those who believe in Jesus are united with him and the same resurrection power that raised him will, re, will raise all believers <laughs> Did you know that when you become a Christian, you are eternally now reunited with Jesus and his resurrection power? Look at verse 14. It says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. We are united with Jesus in a way that that bond cannot be broken. And so because of his resurrection power, we will be resurrected as well. Romans 6.5 says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Third point of hope. The Lord is coming for us. Amen. Amen. The Lord is coming for us. Even now he's preparing to come for us. Go back to John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3. Uh, We read this a lot of times at different funerals, but Jesus very clearly, he sounds almost just like Paul here. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may also be Jesus is coming for us and that's a great blessing he will come with a cry of command he will call the bodies out of the grave there will be an archangels voice a voice of triumph and victory we, we sang that song today victory in Jesus this is why this is possible the victory that we have in Jesus there will be a sounding of the trumpet and both the dead and alive, Christians will be raised as Christ descends from heaven. And then they will send back up into heaven. And for seven years, we will be with the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do you see the imagery? I know I've talked about this before, but do you see the imagery of a wedding in all of this? You know, when, when back in John, I read those verses when it said that Jesus said, don't be troubled. You know, I've got to go away for a short period of time, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is all imagery from how Jews had their wedding. First of all, it became the betrothal, right? Where the husband, the prospective husband was betrothed to the wife, and then he would go off for a period of time and prepare a place for them to live. Might be gone a year, might be gone a couple years. But he would leave until he had a place prepared for her. And then he would go and fetch her and snatch her away to himself. And that's exactly what we see in the rapture of the church. He's coming for us. We will meet Christ in the, in the clouds and we will always be with the Lord. And once again that verse, First Thessalonians 5.19 For God has not destined us for wrath, He's not destined us for the tribulation, but he's destined us for salvation from that. Doesn't mean we don't go through troubles, right? We go through a lot of trouble, even to the point of death sometimes, right? Christians, even today, are dying for their faith in Christ. But this is a form of God's discipline, not his wrath. Discipline has to do with love and conforming us to the image of Christ. Wrath has to do with judgment, punishment. And so comfort one another with these words. That's the last verse. That's really what we're supposed to do from this. It says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so we can do that, right? We can do that with each other. We can do that even with those who don't know Christ. It's a perfect opportunity to tell someone about Christ when they're wondering, well, what in the world's going on in this world? Well, I can tell you what's going to go on a little bit later. And tell them the story about Jesus. Tell them the story about how much He loves us and cares for us. How He was willing to die for us on a cross. And then offer them that gift of salvation. Say, you can have salvation too if you'll turn away from your sins, trust in Jesus, repent of your sins, and give your heart to Him. Today's a day where we can rejoice it's not like we don't deserve the wrath right it's not as though we don't deserve the wrath we do deserve that but Jesus on the cross endured that wrath for us so let's celebrate let's be hopeful let's shout let's tell others be of good cheer be of, be of hope during this time Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had to study a little bit about your second coming and your rapture, your coming to get the church. We pray that we'll try to understand this a little bit because we do need to know about the second coming of Christ. We're commanded by Jesus that we be on watch, that we watch out, that we be aware of what's going on in the world, that we be looking for his coming so that we might be prepared for his coming as a bride would prepare herself for a groom. And so we pray that you would help us to understand. We pray that you would help us to encourage one another uh, when times get difficult with these words. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.